0: Life good. Never on. Whoa. Hard. Hard Hardly. Come on, Brent. Life good. Got
1: real close. Hair high, right? Try and hit two thirds.
0: Have they saved it for her? Yes, they have. Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham. Scott is alongside. As always, hi Scott. Well, Sean, that was kind of weird. Uh,
1: What's that? I don't know. Your your voice seemed to go up there. Uh, (laughs) You must be really itching and excited to talk about curling.
0: I am uh, very much so. We just got back from Scotland. Uh, Home of curling. uh, Home of curling where the club in Glasgow... Was putting down a new base? In Edinburgh. In Edinburgh, excuse me. So, uh, exciting times there for the curling club in Edinburgh. Also, we saw, we didn't talk to, but we saw Eve Muirhead at the Open Championship. That's right. She was doing the social media work there. We were there on a practice round. We saw her doing what appeared to be either a Facebook Live or an Instagram story type thing. Where she was giving away prizes. In the grandstand behind the 16th green, we were sitting there watching her do that.
1: Yeah, and we didn't go up to her because uh, a little, I'm a little uh, shy, <laughs> you know. And yeah, you know, she looked like she was busy, so she was
0: trying. She was inviting people to go, to- literally inviting people to go talk to her, and you didn't want to go do it.
1: I thought it was more for kids, you know. I'd rather have the kids get that swag. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, I'm all. Uh, it's all about the kids. Yeah, so. we do it for the kids. It's true. It's all, it's all for the kids. So good job. By even your head, if you didn't catch any of it, she she did do actually quite a good job. I checked in a few times over the weekend with her, as well after I got home, uh, some of the work she was doing. She did a really good job. Nice, nice. On the social and, media. Uh,
1: maybe we'll see it uh, going forward. Who knows?
0: Yeah, and ho- hopefully for her. So there's been a lot going on. If you hear noise in the background, it's raining here in the nation's capital, and it appears to be raining sideways as it's banging against the window here. <laughs> So if that if you're hearing something, that's probably what that is. But there is a lot in the world of curling that's happened over the past couple of weeks that we just want to do a bit of a wrap up of everything that's been going on. And I think we should start with what might be the biggest news for people across the not the country, but the around the world is this new World Cup that the World Curling Federation has finally announced the details of. They announced it last Thursday, I believe it was. Some of the details as to what this competition is going to entail. Essentially, we're going to have four events. One in China, then one in Sweden, then one in Omaha. Oh, no, Sean. No Sean. The other you're wrong. Around. You're wrong already. Let me break it down for you. How am I wrong? There's four events.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I've done the research and it's the only time I've done research. So I'd like to show it off. Okay, go ahead. So the first event is going to take place in Suzhou, China.
0: Right. I said China.
1: <laughs> Okay, the <laughs> second event will be in Omaha. Okay. The third event will be in somewhere in Sweden, uh, exactly where... You don't see. know how to say it. No, but I know who does. Jön Scherping. So, Jön Schöping, <laughs> uh Sweden. Uh, I think it's, it's spelt Jan Coping, but... Uh, <laughs> I'll trust uh, the internet on the pronunciation. And then the finals will take place back in China in Beijing.
0: Yes. So this is going to be an event with men, women, and mixed doubles components. That's right. To it. There are going to be, at least in the Canadian sense, different teams at each event. And then they're going to pick the final event in China based off of who wins. But it's only going to be one entry per country still. That's right. Two different Canadian teams win their respective events, they don't both get to go. No, it, it's the only
1: event, it's being billed as the only event uh, being played under the country's flags uh, yes. that, that'll take this kind of format. So, uh, as you said, uh, the Canadian teams have been announced that are going, but all of them are just performing under the banner of Canada. Right. And Canada will earn points uh, based on each of these teams performance in order to possibly qualify for those finals
0: yeah so the final as they are going to do it there will be the host country so china's automatically in the three winners from the first three legs and that's on the assumption that it's three different countries for each competition for mixed doubles men's and women's, then you're going to have a special invite team, and they give an example of the reigning Olympic champions as a potential special invite team, and then the two highest ranked teams from the curling World Cup ranking that have yet to qualify. Right, and
1: we're using the word teams, but I think countries. we should stress that it's countries. Yes. So should, you know, say the USA not qualify based on winning any of the first three events perhaps their invite will be uh, for the reigning Olympic champion John Schuster's team.
0: Right. Now, there is a however here in this press release that if three different teams win each leg from the same member association, those teams would all qualify for the Grand Prix. Well, then this is insane. Yeah, so it's it's seems as though you you could win your in, but it, it's not entirely clear so far. So the countries that are going to participate in this are the countries that you may expect from the the various competitions. On the men's side, you have China, the United States, Sweden, Canada, Switzerland, Japan, Norway, Scotland. The only team that might be a surprise in that group is maybe Japan?
1: On the men's side, yeah, maybe, but uh, they performed pretty
0: well this last yeah. year. So. And I don't know who you put in other than Japan, Maybe the Italians, but they're probably not as they're not as good as Japan, I would think. Mm-hmm. So I think Japan's probably the the right choice there. On the women's side, you have China, the United States, Sweden, Scotland, Canada, Korea, Japan, and Russia. So in that one, the Koreans obviously deserve to be there based off of their run at the Olympics. Very good choice there. The Russians may be a little bit of a surprise, but again, I don't know who you put in if not the Russians. Yeah. Because Norway doesn't have a very strong women's program at the moment. And, uh, I mean, you have the three Asian teams, the three prominent Asian teams covered there already. So I don't know where else you would go in that field. Mixed doubles, as we've talked about in the past, a little more wide open. China, the United States, Sweden, Switzerland, Canada, Korea, Russia, and Norway. So, again, the the prominent members Mm -hmm. there as well. Maybe a little surprising that Scotland's not in the mixed doubles, but they haven't really done all that well at the mixed doubles in the world championship. So no, and that's pretty much the field you saw at the Olympics, if not
1: exactly the field that was at the Olympics in that mixed doubles competition. So uh, no surprises here. This looks like a, a competition that's going to, it's going to look a lot like a world champions championship, but it's going to take place over a longer period of time.
0: Yeah. So it's going to take place at, very interesting times, I think. So the first one in China is going to be in September. That's right. At the beginning of September, uh,
1: the 12th to 16th of September. So middle of the month, but very beginning of the curling season. And it's before the big bond spiel season gets into full swing here in, in uh, Canada and North America.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the teams, as we talked about you know, throughout the, the season... As teams were getting ready for the Olympics and such, we looked at what their seasons were. A lot of teams do come to Canada playing, whether it's the Stew stew Cells in Oakville in in early September. There's also events out in Calgary as well that a lot of teams come over and play in. So that doesn't prohibit them from getting into those spiels, those sort of get-your-legs-under-you type spiels. Mm -hmm. And then going off and playing in, in China before coming back for the Grand Slam season... Later on, the first one I believe is going to be late September as well, if not early October.
1: Yeah, the Elite Ten is the first one uh, in at the end of September this year.
0: Yeah, so yeah, we should meet the elite, miss the Elite Ten. Who cares? <laughs> um, it's the worst one. But invite only. So yeah. So who cares? Get out. Um, so what what we know right now are some of the rules as well. They announced this uh, some rules that I like, Scott.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Very the rules, much. Sean, because. You and I talked about rules not too long ago.
0: Yes, what well, uh, we
1: want to see on the podcast. And
0: uh, there's one or two things uh, in in the rules for this event. Yeah, so someone at the WCF was clearly listening to us. Yeah, that's right. Clearly took into account what we want. So they're going to play 8N games, which is not surprising for this, I don't think. The only way in which it could be surprising is that it is the World Curling Federation that has been resistant going to go into eight end games, at least at the World Championship level, that's so right. a little surprising there, but given the, the nature of this competition, maybe not all that surprising, there are going to be no extra ends.
1: Yeah, I find that's really cool. Uh, I was saying to you before that extra ends are kind of boring, right? Like, Yeah. Everybody knows what's going to happen. Center guard, pit, uh, tick, center guard, tick, and then it's kind of over, so... It's kind of neat to see some a little more randomness come into the extra ends.
0: Yeah. So what what they're going to do instead of an extra end, it's going to be a draw to the button. But what I really like about this is that they're going to do pool play, so double round 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 round. robin, which is kind of fun. Yeah. And it's going to be points. So if you win the game outright, three points. You win the game in a draw to the button, two points. Mm -hmm. So that changes the strategy. In the eighth end, exactly. Yeah. If you are up one without or down one with, it could change your strategy. It might be a little more aggressive in pushing for it because either you need that extra point to make the playoffs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or you just don't want to go to the draw to the button. One of those two things. So it, it really changes the math a little bit about that eighth end and how you play coming home. So I really like that. I mean, at the same time, it changes. You could say the seventh and sixth end. As well, in terms of getting the hammer and and manipulating the scoreboard in a way that you want. Because in the past, you're up one without, you're more likely to win the game because you can get that force, you have the hammer and the extra end. Mm -hmm. That changes now. Yeah.
1: And when you look at just wins and losses, there could be a team that, uh, you know, goes undefeated in the round robin and wins every game in six or seven ends. And we saw some of that uh, this year at the Scotties and Briar, you know, with the, the pools being. Uh, a little uneven or or pretty even, but like strong at the top. Yes. And so that's not worth anything more than somebody that squeaks by and wins all their games, you know, in an extra end or uh, in the 10th, you know, on a last stone draw. So it's kind of nice to see it rewarded uh, for winning in regulation time.
0: Yeah. So I really like this. I, as a side note, I think the NHL should have done this 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and soccer, it's, it's, based on a soccer model soccer does this so it's really i think a really good idea and something that it'll be fun to watch how they do it another thing that they're changing that is that in world play most people don't either recognize this or know it that at world play coaches aren't allowed to be on the ice level you're used to at the scotties or the briar they're right on the boards there behind the scoreboard at the world level they're not allowed to be they have to be up from the ice so that they can't talk to players That is a subtle difference between Curling Canada rules and World Curling Federation rules. And it's something that Al Cameron at Curling Canada has talked about multiple times that he doesn't understand why that rule is the way it is. And I think it actually bugs him a little bit that the coaches aren't allowed on the ice through the games. Mm -hmm. But for this one, even though it's a World Curling Federation event, the coaches will be on the ice so you can talk to them in between ends. Yeah, And so that's a change from the World Curling Federation side of it which I think will be really helpful in mixed doubles, maybe more so than the four people game. Mm-hmm. We'll see how that plays out. And then the thing that I'm most excited about is that they are moving to time for ends.
1: Yeah, that's one of the things we talked about. It's going to be uh, a thinking time per end, and it's going to be different for the first four ends to the last four ends. Yes. So, So in the women's and men's games... In the first four ends, the teams are going to have four minutes of thinking time per end. And, you know, you can't bank any of that. So if you finish the end with two minutes, big deal. You get four minutes still the next end. And then it'll be four minutes, 15 seconds for the back half of the game. So for those extra strategic discussions, Sean, 15 extra seconds.
0: Yeah, and there's no indication of timeouts in this either. That's right. So giving that extra 15 seconds could help.
1: Yeah, is 15 seconds enough?
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. 4.15, you should be able to play an end and thinking time in 4.15. That should not be a problem for these teams because, as we've talked about in the past, those first at least three shots shouldn't take really any time at all. No, you're right. So they should be fine.
1: I'm thinking of Kevin Koe's team <laughs> thinking and thinking and thinking and deliberating shot between this and that and the other and... Four, four minutes might be tough for those guys.
0: But it could be. But, again, you combine a shorter game with thinking time per end, and it really eliminates any sort of desire to burn ends, I think. Intentionally burn ends. Sure. So that, I think, should be helpful as a viewer in watching these. You should get more exciting ends. Yeah. And
1: and in uh, mixed doubles, the first four ends are Two minutes and 50 seconds. Yes. And three minutes in the back half of the game. Yeah,
0: which is seems not like a lot because it's not. Uh, But in mixed doubles, again, the first shot is pretty much automatic. Yeah. And for the rest of the end, you you do have to manage your time because you're in it right away. And it, it can be easy to sort of just start talking. And the biggest hindrance, like when I played mixed doubles, it was
1: discussing and then getting back to the hack yeah. to throw it and and making sure that you're reset and ready to go You know, it's, uh, uh, it's tiring it's it a lot of work, you're sweeping, you're up you're down, uh, don't know what's going on but uh, it, it, three minutes should definitely be enough
0: it should be enough and certainly the teams are, are used to this, they use yeah. per end in other events so it's not that big of a deal not that big of a change at least for the mixed doubles competitors that's right. So I think the real question that comes out of this announcement for me is why? <laughs> like, it, it seems like this is an event that I would put in the category of who asked for this. Like who, who benefits from it. There's no yeah. indication here about television coverage anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. I wonder who will pick it up. You know, TSN obviously has the agreement with Curling Canada and then by extension the World Curling Federation – I wonder if TSN would show this. We'll talk about that there is a major conflict between Curling Canada and World Curling Federation in scheduling in one of these events. So we wonder what happens with that. Uh, Is Sportsnet interested in it? Well, we don't know. Or is it going to go to maybe an online presence as the World Curling Federation has pushed that through the the YouTube channel stuff mm -hmm. that they did during the mixed doubles worlds like so i'm just curious to see what the coverage is going to be because if it's not well thought out with the coverage of this is going to be then it really confuses me as to why they're doing it
1: yeah yeah i think having a consistent presence and i would say a web presence is the most likely situation Mm -hmm. by extension like we saw with the mixed doubles tsn picked it up later in the week they weren't covering it early in the week it was only on youtube uh and well youtube and the World Curling Federation channel. Yeah. So I I found it was it was excellent coverage that they had.
0: Well, that's cuz Kim Tuck is sneaky amazing at it.
1: Like Sure. And and having people know enough to go to that is the other key thing. Mm-hmm. Curling uh viewership in Canada, I would say is of a demographic where watching on YouTube is not second nature. Right. I think that's a fair assessment. It's it's sort of where's the curling on my
0: dial? Right. Well, you'll notice that of course one of the prominent ads on TSN's coverage is for the chairlift. So that would give you an indication as to the demographic yes. that is watching curling at a large in large numbers. And that's not a bad thing. No. It, no. it just it's it's a demographic that you don't you as you say, you don't associate them with maybe watching stuff on their phones,
1: and so and so being having a campaign to let people know where they can find it, how to get on, uh, how to watch these games is going to be really really important. I think uh, you know our father uh, texted me one day. He was watching the Blue Jays on Facebook, and he was like, "I'm watching this on Facebook. Isn't that crazy?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, that's I guess pretty crazy." But I watch, pretty I watch I watch on MLB.tv TV every game, so I don't think of it like weird to be streaming stuff. Right. But of course, you know, he's 60 something years old and uh, for him it was quite modern. Yeah. And, and to be fair, that, that is pretty modern. So allowing people to figure out how to how to watch it is going to be pretty important. And like you mentioned, uh, there is a big conflict with TSN for this second leg in Omaha. Yes. Which uh, is going December 5th to 9th. Yes. And uh, that, of course, coincides with the dates for the Canada Cup, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, so traditionally the Canada Cup is that second weekend of December, and that is something that makes me think that TSN certainly was not consulted with this or that Curling Canada was not uh, a major consultant in this because they would obviously not want to conflict with those two events, but at the same time, If you have that availability in Omaha, you have teams from around the world that could play because there's not a major spiel going on that those teams would be eligible for, then that's a reason for the World Curling Federation to put this on because you're guaranteed to get, say, Nick Eden or John Schuster and DeCruz and those types of teams who wouldn't have commitments that weekend and they, they can fill in what could potentially otherwise be an empty weekend at a time when they're going to be in North America, most of them anyway, mm-hmm. to play in that Grand Slam that I believe is a week or two weeks before. So, from that perspective, it makes sense. And Canada is deep enough that they could send teams that have not qualified to the Canada Cup. We'll get to that <laughs> yeah. in, in a minute. Uh, that they could go and still be competitive. And we'll, well, we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see, see if they'll still be competitive. And this will test the long-standing idea that Canada could send any team to an event and be competitive. Not absolutely. necessarily win, but be competitive. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll see if that's actually the case with this.
1: Yeah. And so in an event that's going on at the exact same time as the Canada Cup, TSN wouldn't be the choice necessarily to broadcast uh, any television of of this World Cup. However, TSN does have five channels and uh, an online mm-hmm. streaming presence when it's not broadcasting something, so it's possible.
0: It's possible, and they could maybe structure it to that with the time zones. I don't know where the Canada Cup is this year, but across the time zones, it could be a situation where, especially on the playoff weekend, you just go opposite, and you're just going curling for 12 hours straight. Oh, boy. Like You could probably structure it that way as well. I'm booking uh, that weekend off uh, off work then. There hey. you go. So, so that's the events, and I'm sure we'll get more details about some of the teams that will play in it. I haven't really heard much about any of the teams that represent the other countries, as yet Curling Canada has made their announcement. Yeah, Sean, let's so, so let's, let's talk about that. that. So the other thing that happened, since we've done a, a bit of a recap or, or talked about the news, is that Curling Canada announced the, their national team program lineup, the high-performance staff. So this includes the teams that are going to get funding, the national team program, from coaches to sports psychologists, to nutritionists, to all those positions, Mm -hmm. they announced those. Included in that announcement, they did announce who's going to play in this Mm -hmm. World Cup. So let's start there. The first one in China, which we knew already because Ben Hebert said it on the Canadian beef commercial, (laughs) um, is Kevin Cooey's team is going to represent the men in that first event. Okay,
1: so this is Kevin Cooey's new
0: team. Yes, it'll be really kind of their first event.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's what was so interesting to me about the announcement, right? Was that it was going to be their first event together? Was this high-profile new new event? So yeah, it'll be kind of like, hey, let's see what happens, right?
0: Yeah, but it makes sense be- in this way that going to China with Kevin Cooey's team is going to be Rachel Holman's team. So you have the two with two Olympic, Olympic skips, skips, yeah, uh, one full Olympic team going to represent Canada at the first event. That makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Uh, you know, it, it would make more sense if it was two full teams still together, but that's not the reality of curling nowadays. So yeah. I think, uh, good choices for the first event, you know, they, uh, they're the last, last team to represent Canada, you know, at this sort of olympic style event because I, I get the feeling they're trying to recapture some of the olympics with this event oh you know? certainly
0: i think that's absolutely what they're trying to do so
1: it's, so uh, yeah it makes sense to to send these teams and i'd, I'd have to say rachel holman's
0: team would be uh, uh, an early favorite well we field. remember la- what happened last time she played uh, representing canada china. in china yeah they did not lose yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, beijing at the world championship so We'll see if she can carry over those good vibes. Maybe yeah. It's, maybe they just had some sort of some really good dumplings or something. I don't know. <laughs> There's a really good dumpling place in Beijing that I would have gone to every day if I was curling in that event. Oh, right on. But uh, so the second event, the event that conflicts with the Canada Cup, this is where it gets a little dicey for curling Canada. Right. In that you're losing your top seven or eight teams, however many qualify for the Canada Cup, I can't remember off the top of my head. But those top teams cannot play. In this And this year it's not as big of a deal because this year's winner of the Canada Cup doesn't get the trials berth. They get a pre trial berth. But in subsequent years, the next two years, the Canada Cup winner gets a berth in the trials. That's what makes it arguably the biggest event in Canadian curling in a calendar year because those trial spots are really what everyone is gunning for. So if you can get one early... That's ideal because winning the Scotties or the Briar doesn't guarantee it. So you can make a case that the Canada Cup is the most important thing on the schedule for a lot of teams. So teams are not going to skip that to go to this World Cup. And we appear to have seen that this year that teams don't want to miss this Canada Cup because two very good teams, but it's Jason Gunlison and Tracy Fleury That's right. who are going. That's right. And so
1: uh, I'm reading here a bit about the... Uh, the Canada cup and six men's teams and seven women's teams have been invited to play in the Canada cup already. Okay. And because of all the shakeups and the order of merit stuff, uh, one other team of each gender is going to be, uh, sort of decided to play. And there might be two men's teams to even it out at eight each, but, uh, so that's what's going on. And because of the shakeups and because of the order of merit and stuff, these two teams that are chosen, Jason Gunlickson, and Tracy Fleury are, are great examples of teams that have good players on them but are not necessarily near the top of the order of merit uh, because, you know, they, they just don't have enough points. So they are obvious candidates to send down, uh, still very good teams. And you're right, this will test a lot of the, hey, can Canada compete, uh, sending almost anybody to one yeah. of these events, you know we've seen both of these teams at uh, Grand Slams before on national stages but uh, Gunlickson I don't think we've seen on the international stage since he went to Russia and decided to play for Russia yeah, I don't think all so. those years ago yeah, No, and uh, Tracy Fleury probably not since junior, so it's great opportunity for them. Yeah. And you know? Tracy
0: Fleury, again, they're both playing with somewhat new teams. Exactly, yeah. But Tracy Fleury with a completely new team for her, playing out of Manitoba now Yeah. With the old uh, Einerson team. That's right. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah. Um, but interesting choices there. And I, as I said before, this is a, an event, that second one, I expect the rest of the world to send their A-teams to. Uh, you know, we we've seen a World Championships in the past. World Championship this this spring, that countries do have B teams and in some case C teams that I'm sure will get a a run in one of these events. I don't think it would be this one because all those A teams have that weekend off.
1: That's right. Yeah. So and like you say, most of them will already have been in Canada for the Grand Slams, and so close enough to head down to Omaha.
0: Yeah, and it's probably one where the World Curling Federation knowing that they really want to grow the game in the United States, mm-hmm. you want those top teams there. You want John Schuster playing. Yep. You want Nick playing. You want Peter De Cruz playing. You want those teams that, e- even maybe we'll talk about the Kyle Smith situation, but you probably want those guys there who, these Americans who who came to the sport during the Olympic Games, these are teams that they're going to recognize. Yeah. Like if their yeah. first exposure, if you have fans whose first exposure was during... The Olympics this year, you want the to advertise in Omaha those teams they're going to be there. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred
1: percent. Like if you could have a John Schuster versus Nicodine rematch,
0: how great would that you know, be? Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, they, they they claim that they have a formula for how they're going to organize the groups, but we'll see. When, you know, if those two teams are there, I'm going to guess they're going to be in the same group. Exactly,
1: exactly. And so
0: for the third leg. Uh, yes.
1: The teams that are going are the defending Canadian champion teams with Jennifer Jones and Brad Gushu. And this makes a lot of sense because it's during sort of the playdowns, yeah. uh, the provincial playdowns time frame. And neither of these teams has to go to provincial playdowns because yeah. they've earned their versus Team Canada. And so this event gives them a tune-up uh, after, the, uh, after the Continental Cup, but before... They're the Scotties and Breyer.
0: Yeah, so it's a a really good idea. It's the natural choice. If they continue to run this World Cup and they have an event around this time, I would be stunned if it's not this way every year. Because as you say, nobody else really can commit to going other than the Canadian teams who, who won the year before. And it'll actually do something that I think is really interesting because we've talked in the past often about what those teams do after the Continental Cup And then there's usually a Grand Slam there. That's right, So, between that and then the national championships. And teams have complained, maybe not complained, but have talked about going into Scotties and Briars being rusty because they haven't been able to get high-level games. A little bit cold, yeah. And And now they're getting high-level
1: games. So this uh, sort of solves that problem, you know. And the world will be gathered together at... Young Shopping. Yes. In order to see all these
0: great... uh, great curlers get together well done scott well done um so that that's the canadian lineup and we'll see i'm sure other countries i'm sure there have been some announcements but big announcements and i'm sure there will be releases as full fields are announced is that first one in china will have to be confirmed relatively soon Mm -hmm. as we're just a couple months away
1: yeah so uh that's uh, sort of our breakdown of this World Cup uh, of curling. But there was some other big news coming out of uh, Britain. Well, no, let's talk about Curling
0: Canada first.
1: So oh, geez. So we're going to talk about all these teams that uh, get I just money? Want to
0: say, I just want to say this one thing. So Curling Canada announced their high-performance staff, the high-performance team. So these teams get on-the-podium funding. They get funding from Curling Canada, so on and so forth. There are teams that won't surprise you on the list, uh, for the women, Chelsea Carey, Kane, Carrie Anderson, Tracy Flurry, Rachel Holman, Jennifer Jones, Casey Scheidiger, The two that might be surprising are Laura Walker and Darcy Robertson. You said Darcy Robertson had a rather entertaining reaction on yeah, Twitter.
1: Yeah, I, I saw a tweet from them that said, uh, hey, that's us, with <laughs> an ar- a link to the article. Like They were pretty happy about getting that funding. And, and it's good to see eight women's teams.
0: Is that eight women's teams? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight
1: teams, eight women's teams. And compared to the men's teams, there's only seven men's teams that got funding. So it's good to see uh, funding for the
0: ladies on the women's side, okay? But that I think is representative of something else is that the men, I I think the women's game is very top heavy, yeah, but I also think there it's deeper in just overall. So, yeah, I'd agree with you there. Jones and Holman are the best, so very top heavy there. But then there's, you know, eight to ten other teams that are very good. On the men's side, I think you're even maybe stretching to get to seven. Okay, well, who are the seven? So the seven are Brendan Botcher, Reed Carruthers, John Epping, Jason Gunlinson, Brad Gushu, Brad Jacobs, Kevin Cooey. So this resolves Brendan Botcher's issue of not getting funding (laughs) after he basically said, fund us. Fund us, yeah. Stop funding the old people last year. Uh, Reed Carruthers is an obvious choice. I think, is an obvious choice as well. Gushu, clearly. Jacobs, clearly. Kui, clearly. Fine. Uh, Gunlifson, I think, is the mild surprise there. Yeah. Odd man up. But I have no problem with that at all. I mean, he's a guy who could be very good. And even though it feels like he's been around for 50 years, uh, he, he he's not that old. No, no. <laughs> um, so, but again, you can see there is once you get to Gunlifson at seven, where else do you go? Like, there's no, rent, no one else who would jump out at you immediately as someone who you would have to give funding to. So that, to me, speaks to a greater depth overall in the women's game. And then you have a bunch of mixed doubles teams that have been funded. Some of these people are going to get double funding. Some yeah. for their four-person teams, some some for the mixed doubles. It'll be interesting to see how they split their time on tour this year as there's been more mixed doubles events. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some of these are specific players. The Desjardins, for instance. Uh, actually, they might be the only ones. Um, Kalen Park and Charlie Thomas as well. They play on tour. Uh, I think the Desjardins do as well, but they're primarily mixed doubles players. So we'll see what happens with their. Interestingly enough to Scott, uh, Laura Walker got funding with Kirk Myers. Yes, and not so, with husband uh, Jeff Walker. So Jeff Walker just... Get
1: out. Well, you know, you win a Canadian championship, uh, world silver medal. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll take your last name, but you're off
0: my mixed doubles yeah, team. Yeah, and we saw that it's the same thing too with John Morris. He's getting funding with with Caitlin Law. Caitlin Law is not with Rachel Holman, who he's played with for years. So some some switches based off of results last year. Yeah,
1: it seems that way. So uh,
0: and then in terms of the coaching. The only thing that I is maybe noteworthy here, and this is somewhat insider, but Rick Lang is gone. That was predetermined; yep. he was going to do this Olympic cycle, so he's out. And Jeff Stoughton is going to be the national coach, as well as maintaining a spot with mixed doubles. Mm-hmm. And say what you will, Jeff Stoughton did a great job with the mixed doubles. And you could say that well, anyone could have done it, because with the Olympics, you just needed the great players to play. But he organized it all yeah he set it up and he got those players interested he set up a schedule that allowed them to play so i think it's good that he's going to be involved other names that if you're around curling canada all you know elaine dag jackson national coach is going to stay renee sonenberg who is somehow a polarizing figure during the olympics is going to stay she's a great coach i think scott pfeiffer is going to be there as a consultant uh, Nolan Thiessen keeping his job. The one name that stood out to me of all of these these folks is Adam Kingsbury is coming on board as a mental consultant and sort of sports psychology stuff after leaving Team Holman. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a surprise to me that he's going to be there, more so because I didn't know what he was leaving to go do. I, I don't know if this was arranged before, but certainly just in being around Curling Canada at a bunch of events last year where Team Holman was playing. He was clearly a popular guy with the Curling Canada brass, so it's not surprising to me that he landed on his feet in curling, because he could have very easily just taken his expertise, knowledge, and just gone elsewhere, just Sure. not been involved in curling at all, but uh, he's going to stick around there. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, that's the big announcement from Curling Canada. Now, let's get into what happened in Scotland, where we were. Where we were. It was... Big news splashed all over the the papers. It was. Well, so, well, no, it wasn't. No, but okay. But we will say this because we, we, we've talked on the show before wondering whether or not these national curlers from other countries are big deals. Right. In their countries. There were people who came up to Eve Muirhead to take selfies with her because she was Eve Muirhead. Sure. So, people, some there were people who knew who
1: she was. Of course, Sean, she's a former world champion, Olympic bronze medalist. Uh, if you see somebody representing your country at the Olympics, you know she's been there since 2010. So, for three Olympics in a row, of course you're going to know them.
0: I guess. Like, you, do you, I
1: know any of the rowers? <laughs> nah, maybe not. But okay. Okay. We know one
0: we know one Christy Nurse. Sure, Olympian yeah. Christy Nurse. Um, but no like yes so there are certainly olympians who you would not recognize of course of course so, of course um, but uh
1: yeah she is a big deal and there was big news for her team
0: yeah so anna Sloan is out
1: anna Sloan is out she's going to take uh take her time ride some horses you know uh do whatever else she likes to do i do know she likes to ride horses but uh that's uh that's the big news she's uh,
0: she's gone and they're bringing in new blood Yes, they are. And this is a, an interesting one to me because, well, I mean, Anna Sloan has just been there for so long, right? So it creates this interesting dynamic where you have a new person who's going to be in the house with Eve. And so the new players on the team are going to be uh, Jennifer Dodds and Vicky Wright.
1: Yeah, and so Jennifer Dodds and Vicky Wright were the third and lead respectively at last year's world championship team uh skipped by hannah fleming so if those names are familiar to you that's where they're familiar from so vicky wright is going to come in and be their their fifth if i'm correct and uh jennifer dodds is going to slot in at at third playing with with eve and vicky and now we have two vickies Okay, but one is with an I yeah. and one is with a Y. So, and and Vicky Adams, she got married yes. uh, not too long ago. Congratulations to her, uh, heartbreak around the world. But uh, <laughs> uh, and and so her name is now going to be Chalmers. So, uh, if you see the name Vicky Chalmers, that's who it is. It's right. uh, the same person.
0: Vicky, yes, Vicky, Vicky, Vicky. So, uh, a bit of a change there for Eve Muirhead. Wonder how it'll, it'll work, just from a, a, a overall standpoint hopefully it works out well for them something I don't know if something needed to change personnel wise but something needed to change for them
1: yeah I I thought Anna had had a rough go since she came back from her surgery that she had on her leg uh, a few seasons ago maybe two seasons ago Uh, it didn't seem like she was playing that well especially at the Olympics this year and you know maybe she just needs to take a step back and and you know get fully healthy and You know, refocus and maybe taking some time off, and
0: maybe we'll see her in the future uh, coming back. Hopefully, Uh, we always love it. And I like Anna Sloan. I think I've interviewed her once or twice. She was just fun. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah.
1: she seemed fun. Uh, Yeah, so going to be missed, but that's the changes to uh, Eve Muirhead's team. Uh, The other team, I think there's uh, one other women's team getting funding in the Scottish National Program. And it'll be skipped by Sophie Jackson. Uh, I, I don't know anything about this team. I think they're maybe a junior team, but uh, it's some extra money coming in uh, yeah. for them. And on the men's side, you know Bruce Mowat's team, uh, one of the breakout teams of last season, they're staying together and getting funding. Uh, Ross Patterson's team is bringing on uh, former Olympian Michael Goodfellow, yep. who played with... Uh, Who am I thinking of? Tom Brewster. Tom Brewster. Yeah. For, for a long time. And then with uh, David, when he took over that team, (laughs) David Murdoch, when he, when he kicked, when Tom 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 Brewster Brewster was asked to to leave. Yes. Uh, And that team, they played together last year uh, and uh, they didn't really do anything great, but uh, anyway, they, they are getting funding. And then, uh, the most surprising one to me, maybe Kyle Smith's team from last season That performed so well They silver medal at the European Championships Went to Pyeongchang uh, They lost in a tie break Yeah, they, they really performed well Their alternate from that uh, event Glenn Muirhead is coming in to be the skip Yes Along with his everybody else sort of sliding down So Kyle Smith and his brother Cammy Are going to play third and lead, respectively mm-hmm. And Glenn and his brother Thomas are going to play skipping second. Yeah, so, so that's
0: a bit of a surprise. I think we knew that something was going to happen with the Smith team. Mm-hmm. But this is a little surprising to me. Again, the success they had was great. But again, we knew that something was going to happen to that team. Having Kyle Smith not Skip, I think, is the big surprise here. Yeah. Given the success that they had.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to me. Remember, we talked about... The, Did we publish this podcast yet? Or (laughs) I don't know. We we talked about uh, so in an upcoming podcast, maybe uh, we're we're, we talk about what makes for like a good skip, right? And in watching Kyle Smith, uh, both at the Olympics, but especially at the European Championships, he was the kind of guy where his body language could get him in trouble, and he was he was particularly devastated. Uh, losing that final to, to Nicodine at the European Championships. He had it sort of there and he missed a draw and ended up losing at an extra end and he was really, really hard on himself. And I wonder if that sort of reaction would prompt the the British curling to decide, hey, maybe you need to play third for a little bit. Just to to see if we can like he's still young, he's still a great player. But just to see if this dynamic works a little better. You know? Maybe, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I'm I'm hopeful for this team. Uh, it's nice to see uh, two team Muirheads there coming out of, of Great Britain. Yeah. And uh, we'll see how this dynamic works and if it's any different than it was last year. And if maybe they can challenge Bruce Mowat for that uh, top spot as a, as a t- team to beat in Scotland.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting, right, to see what happens at the national championship and who wins the world championship. Also, it seems to me they're giving funding to three teams. We talked about that World Cup. I'm guessing each of these teams gets That's a right. spot. On the women's side, probably Muirhead goes twice. Jackson goes once would be my guess
1: yeah, on that. that. But, interesting. Yeah. But
0: certainly on the men's side, to represent Scotland, it's going to be a battle between Bruce Moet and... The Muirhead team, the new Glenn Muirhead team. So, mm-hmm. a big change out of Scotland. And, you know, we talked about this leading into the Olympics and leading into the World Championship that Scotland seems as though it's going to be more competitive in terms of getting out of it now. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see what happens with Sophie Jackson, but certainly on the men's side, you're going to be looking up now in, and at World Championship fields and not knowing.
1: Right, right. And so, uh, it, it, it's going to be a fun season, no doubt. Uh, A little bit of a downer, though, uh, with this announcement uh, by the British Curling, Uh, they've decided to cut funding for their wheelchair curling program, so there won't be any any funding available for that, which is really disappointing Yeah, and unfortunate for the wheelchair curlers in Great Britain, so sorry about that. Yeah, no,
0: that's... And it's one of these things, too, where, you know, certainly I don't know what the laws are in Great Britain, but it's... You know, we have things in this country, in the United States, to ensure that there is not only just equal representation, but things that things are accessible. Mm-hmm. And to just pull funding away from that is really disappointing because you know we we've, we've seen in the past how countries rally behind Paralympic athletes, yeah, and to just put funding on the Olympic athletes. You get that boost of, of nationalism and patriotism, but the same is true of the Paralympic athletes. It is. And to pull funding away from that is, it's to me, it's just misguided.
1: Yeah. Now, I didn't see anything about funding in the future. You know, maybe they'll bring it back a year before the Olympics, but I think you do your damage uh, just yeah. by pulling it. So it's tough to hear. Uh, you know, good news for the men's and women's teams, some sad news for the, the wheelchair teams, but... That's sort of the news we have from Great Britain.
0: Yeah, and it it seems like this is uh, something that happens after every Olympic year that countries will start to pull funding back a little bit for the first couple of years after the Olympics and yeah. ramp it up again. And it just makes it really hard to be successful if you're doing that. Absolutely. It has to be more consistent because you know, it, you know, you think about even those those mogul people who their whole the whole four years comes down to whatever the 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. of that run but if you're not locked in for those four years you yeah. can't do the 15 seconds no and it's
1: <laughs> it's it's pretty insane those sports that are like that you know where it's uh, yeah it comes down to a split second and you've worked for you know four eight 12 years sometimes just to get down to that yeah uh and so every little dollar
0: or pound or euro or yen they all count so okay so yeah so hopefully at some point, the British folks uh, reverse that decision and get that funding back for the wheelchair players, who certainly deserve it because they're high-end athletes just as much as the uh, the the teams that are getting the funding. Absolutely. So that's our little wrap up uh, of the big news coming out of the world of curling in the past couple weeks, Scotty. I don't I don't know about you, but. I'm surprised that there's been as much news as there has been Yeah geez we took off uh, on vacation to go to
1: Scotland and then all this news starts coming down and yeah. uh, we were gonna record over there but you know we were too busy uh, out drinking and partying and, and the news and
0: kept coming down yeah Every it, time we wanted to record it was like oh there's gonna be another press release tomorrow I'm like, yeah well,
1: well we can't uh, we can't just spoil it so yeah it's tough but
0: uh, we I think we covered it all hey. Well, I don't know if we covered it all. Someone, I'm sure, will tell us what we've missed. I'm sure we've missed something because things are happening. And and as we said, we are two months away from the first Grand Slam, two months away from the first edition of this World Cup. The bond spiels on on the cash circuit are going to start to kick off within five weeks or so. There's a few at the end of August. The Shorty Jenkins and, and those sorts of spiels. You know, We're in summer spiel season, but... We're almost into fall season too. The way it goes, so the cash circuit is going to kick off soon, and ice will be going into clubs. There's some camps going on. I know Reed Carruthers has a camp. The Holmans uh, have a camp here in Ottawa. So there's a lot of curling going on. Really, it's it's not that there's no off season anymore, but there's a very limited off season in curling as we we expand the type of events and the activities going on. In the sport. So hopefully that keeps everybody up to date. But do let us know if you've seen something that we have missed. And please do find us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the Game of Stones page on Facebook. You can email us, Stones podcast at gmail.com We're on Twitter as well at Game of Stones Pod Scott. Personally is at Scott Lakes TV. I am at Dr Shawnee Fever. And if you have not subscribed to the show yet, please do on Apple Podcasts, Google, Stitcher, wherever it is you get your podcasts, please do subscribe and give us a rating. So until we talk to you next week, and Scott may or may not have teased what that show is going to be, until we talk to you then, keep your brooms on the ice and don't dump that into